Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Hello and welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am your host, Joey, and I'm looking at you. Yeah. No, not you, Alan, in the studio. My guest for a little while this evening is Alan Harbin. The man. The myth. The legend. Oh, it's great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Glad to be back in Alabama. I've been traveling a bit and a little snowy up north, so I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it's uh, part of that weird paradox of the holidays. It's supposed to be time off or you relax, but you find that you're doing almost more work. Like, you're out of your normal routine. I mean, you do get to... and gifting and wrapping and traveling. and You get to eventually relax, and I'm sure have a little bit of uh, an adult libation. Um, Sip, 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 sip. Yeah, saving that for New Year's. Got the Saturday, Sunday, and then no work Monday, so I'm hoping to relax. You know, um, but I'm looking at you out there listening. Oh. Yeah, I have those capabilities. I'm not telling you how. Very good. Go, if you so please. No, not if you so please. Either way, go to Facebook, look up the Joey Clark Radio Hour, and give it a like. Trying to build a following here. You aren't participating. So if you love me, or you hate me, you want to send me hate mail, go to the Joey Clark Radio Hour on Facebook. I still got to get a website built. Maybe that's some goal in the new year for me. There you go, New Year's resolution. Yeah. Let's do it, Joey Clark Radio Hour. We're going to get it all built up. Um, But yeah, on New Year's Eve, I went out last year. And, okay, here's the situation. Is it like to a bar or a friend's house? Okay. A bar. Alley bar, downtown. Oh, there you go. And, uh... It was with a guy who was weird. He was staying with my brother and I at our apartment. He was kind of down and out and needed some help, a place to stay, and we were happy to oblige. There you go. And, you know, because I'd been a hermit for so long, and he, I mean, just all sorts of troubles, finding a job and just figuring out his life. Um, We decided, you know, let's stop being bums. Let's go out. There you go. So I'm, it's the usual thing, and this is why I don't go out. It's like, you know, I'm. I'm drinking the, just the right amount of a good buzz going and a little too much, and I'm looking around at folks, going, what am I doing here? But then I try to find fun and strike up conversation with a random person, and I do, but then that's over, and now it's time to find a new random person to talk to, and I've all, all this neurosis is just coming out, and I don't, I'm manic. I don't know what to do, and I lose my friend I show up with, and I'm, I'm looking around the bar, and I finally see him across the room. He's talking to two ladies. There you go. They get prettier as you drink more. And as I walk up, he goes, this is the guy I was telling you about. I had the most tragic year ever. I'm like, wait, what? What? And then I hear all of a sudden, 10, 9, 8. And this girl, blonde, gold glittery dress. Good start. Just grabs me. And starts making out with me. And it wasn't like a New Year's Eve peck. It was like full on. 
like topsail hockey going on there. I was like, who is this person? I'm enjoying it. I'm not complaining, but <laughs> Happy there's New that Year. other part of my mind like going, yeah, Happy New Year. I don't even know your name. And then 10 minutes later, I see her like make it out with somebody on the porch. Oh, dear. It's not like I had my hopes up. Again, I don't even know her name. If I did know, I'm not going to embarrass her on air. It's not even that something to be... Maybe she just... I don't know where she was coming from. She's just very friendly. But New Year's Eve hasn't been a friend to me. Last year, it was kind of a bizarre. That was a weird occasion. But I remember one at Fun Zone, where I was always the guy alone on New Year's Eve. Everybody's got their amour. They've got their person to kiss with. And I'm sitting there, surrounded by smelly little children. (laughs) As they're the two owners, locking lips. There's Jawan making out with his girl. Everybody. I'm just sitting there, and my friend calls me, going, Joey, where are you? So and somebody, I'm not going to reveal, she wants to talk to you. She's, Joey, where are you? It's oh, almost no. midnight. I'm like, oh, this is like a crush I've had. Why? It would have been better just to sit here and watch other people make out. Now I get somebody who I've been crushing on calling me. Just been a, It's been a mean holiday. I am blaming the day, the occasion. It has nothing to do with me. Of course not. Of course not. Nothing to do with me. So I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I want to go out and do something for New Year's Eve. Well, we're we're going, making a couple stops New Year's, so I don't know where we'll end up, but that's kind of the plan is to not stay home. Right. Because if we stay home, we'll be in bed at 8. Just oh, out no, it goes. Won't see the ball drop. Yeah, two cups of coffee. I'm feeling a little tired. You, But that's never been a big deal to me, like the ball dropping. Because it happens at 11 all drop. Time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to see a big ball drop. Well, it's just all of us standing around looking at our phones going, uh-oh, when does it tick? When does it tick? Yeah, I'd had one where I, we smuggled in a little whiskey and a flask standing downtown. Oh. oh am I on the public airwaves? Sorry, Oops. Mr. Mayor. Uh, it's open carry, open carry now. Though, it's so over fine. at the I beginning of the year. Why? Uh, they were getting complaints about uh, people sort of hanging out outside the establishments and people are bringing their own oh yeah kind of in you know pop the trunk not in that way but like open up the trunk pour a little bit in like me have a flask like uh, and people who live down there they're starting to have more occupancy downtown so people who actually live and are professionals want to go to sleep they're yeah, complaining it's a little too rowdy on a Wednesday or a Thursday night yeah. I had two friends that lived over what was then dreamland uh, I think some of Kaiser's apartments. Water Tower Lofts now? Yeah, Water Tower Lofts. And I actually stayed there one night to watch their dog. I'm like, why? I'm not going to go home. I'll just sleep on the couch. And uh, it was loud. It was, I don't know how they lived there for a year. It was very, very loud. But with the alley being right there next to you, though. Yeah, well, what you do is you go join the party. Yeah. And then you just stumble up to your. Well, I think that's kind apartment. of those lofts for four, though. It's kind yeah. of the young, up-and-coming, you know, yeah. get-out-mingle. And yeah, and they're getting... In, they were uh, recently engaged. Well, Sean and Kat. Congratulations, right. yes, Sean and Kat. Congrats. Yeah, I, I miss them. They're in Virginia now, and they're great folks. They're old drinking buddies, and, uh, well, I hope I hope the date is soon, because soon. I want to get to that wedding. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a good old fallen catholic type of wedding. It's going to be in I Virginia, mean? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where it's going to be. It might be in Connecticut because they're both from the Nutmeg state. But say where they have family, I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah, they're both from the Nutmeg state. Went actually went to school together 
like they knew each other in third grade. What? Then fell apart. And then he went on a whim and visited her when she was living in New York City. And it, like, was magic. Just like that. I could tell when he came back, He was when he was my roommate, when he came back from that New York City trip, like, that guy is in love. How did I know? He was acting a little dumb, and he was singing a lot. Oh, there you have it. Dumb Classic signs. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, looking at you, how, how long ago was it I was in your wedding over at St. Bede? Oh, geez. Four years now? Three years? Three and a half years? <laughs> Put you on the spot. I'm sober. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was... Uh, the reason I bring that up is I'm trying to think of happy memories. Is the last few times I've been to St. Bede, and I've been open about where I am in terms of my religious beliefs and whatnot, um, was a bunch of funerals. And so the last really happy sad, memory yeah. there was y'all's... Uh, it was a marriage ceremony. That was a good day. I'm very glad it's over because it's a very stressful day, but the pictures looked good. And I'm happily married still years later. So Yes, yes. No, it did She look still good. puts up with me. So. I need to wear a tux every day. You need the whole John Wick thing, you know, with the black yeah. tie, the black shirt, and the black suit. Wait, you don't like my turquoise scarf? I don't mind the turquoise scarf, but I mean, well, it's you've, not you've got the long hair already, you know, you've got the, it's got some got the manly face, you could... You could pull it off. I don't have a manly face. You lie, sir. Well, I've got a baby face. Agree to disagree. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate the compliment. But we've been doing this thing on Tuesday nights. We watch, uh, it's like a movie night. Get yeah. together. We don't do it every week because of our schedules, but occasionally it works out. And I'm trying to think, what are some of the movies we've watched over the last year? Because uh, I'm on this big kick of really not just watching a movie for an escape or, you know, a good time, but what are the big themes? Why does a certain movie resonate with me in one way? Like, a big hmm. mission for me in this next year is figuring out uh, what stories do I really love, do I, that I really believe in. Belief not as a, you know, here's a set of ideas and I'm going to hold to them, but belief in the old sense of the word of be loved. Like, what do I really love? And some of the movies I'm thinking back we've watched... Uh, the last one we watched was Wind River. Wind River. Mm -hmm. It was all right. A very sad. Good yeah, good film, but just rips your heart out. Pretty tragic. And then uh, we've watched the Alien series. Well, at least... Alien, the, Aliens. Uh, yeah. The first and second, yeah. I like the second one a lot better. It was, it was very well done. Yeah, I think they realized they had so much potential in the first one. The second one really nailed it. Now, they went off overboard oh, later on. But Lord, they jumped the shark. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and also, oh, I watched the first time at y'all's plays, Big Trouble in Little China. Little China. <laughs> Classic movie. Oh, what a film. If you haven't seen it, anybody listening, you have to watch it. It may sound uh, goofy, uh, but it's wonderful. Oh, it is it goofy. Is, Kurt Russell plays an, an American truck driver who is um, gets tied up in Chinatown with uh, one of his friends who's Chinese and... Uh, it goes from from bad to worse for them, and it's There's it's like funny, but it's action. So. Magic and kung fu fighting, and a lot of fighting scenes. Yes. Oh, it's but it, and it's so campy on purpose. That's what I love when they yeah. when a movie is self aware. It's like we're this is what we're going for, and they yeah. nail it. It doesn't always have to be highbrow. I mean, I watch wrestling for God's sake. I mean, it, wrestling is not some elite art. Don't hate on wrestling. I'm not hating on it. I like where it is. I like the presentation of the good guy and the bad guy or the baby face and the heel in wrestling. I love some of the stories they tell over years. But, you know, it's not Shakespeare. 
Well, I tell you, I learned something really odd the other day. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember him from movies yeah. a little farther back. What was, was it? Uh, She's All That? She's All That, yep. Oh, that's, that movie, really bad standards for kids. Well, that's true, but uh, he was super into pro wrestling. Yeah. That he wrote letters to w, well, it was WWF back then, I think WWE now, so often and critiquing things and asking about backstories that he now works for WWE. Really? He's a yes. writer? Yes. Wow. Craziness. But I, I love, especially when I find somebody I don't think who's going to like wrestling and it turns out that they, they do love it or they, they're or at least aware of it and it's, they're not putting it down and they understand why this has entertainment value. And it really is a, it's a tough profession where you're different city every night. You're doing it pretty much 365. Um, and it's opening up where it's not just folks stuck in WWE that you can go make it a new Japan Oh, yeah. Or uh, there are a few other organizations out there, so I'm I'm loving that. I need to get back. I haven't watched the Raw Christmas special yet, but I'll I'll catch up on it. The trouble of not having cable TV. Yeah, we're we're discovering that we have Sling right now to watch ESPN, but uh, we yeah. don't watch a ton of TV. But when you need to watch, like, oh, I'm not going to pay a hundred thirty dollars a month for a cable package. But now I've never really asked you your uh, origin story in the sense of like. Why computers? Like, I did, when I was 12, 13, I worked with my uncle who had, like, all these Microsoft certifications and an A-plus class with them. Um, and it was cool, and I just fell out of it. Well, I'm glad you asked, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I kind of fell into it. Leave When I was in high school, I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. I watched a ton of Law & Order, was really into to, to the legal scene. But... Um, when I was in high school, I was just kind of doing tech stuff, picked up doing it at school. We had public schools, as you know, budgets are tight, so you recruit yeah. whatever help you can. And so that was kind of my niche was fixing things that broke around school, computers. And um, it just became easier when I left high school to work in the computer field, Get a, I got a CS degree um, where my scholarships fell in line. I went to Troy, in Troy. Um, had my heart set on Auburn, but didn't give me enough money. So uh, Troy had a... It was a two-year law program where you would you would take your prep classes, then you transfer two years in. But um, it was a four-year degree, a four-year scholarship. So I said, "Well, I'd be dumb to take two and then leave." Right. So, computer science it was. Okay. And, I mean, I would love to go back and do law school, but just with what time and what money. Well, no, y'all are doing well. <laughs> y'all are doing pretty well. You're always working, but yes, uh, y'all are doing well. And yep. it, I don't know. Part of me wishes I wasn't. I think I'm smarter than the average bear, but I'm I'm fairly ignorant of how the latest stuff works. Like just setting up, uh, you know, servers these days. I used oh, to know. Geez, now I don't at all. And it's like, uh, uh, here's what I wanted to ask you, and I'm trying to ask, ask this diplomatically because I don't want you to get in trouble. But uh, <laughs> what are some of the most idiotic, imbecilic, just mongoloid, like, complaints you have ever received? Um, we get a lot of people that plug in things awkwardly. Uh, you would think a USB plug would be fairly self-explanatory what slot it fit in. Right. Um, but well, we have people just cramming them anything it'll fit in a network port, things like that. <laughs> um, if anybody remembers the old, uh, it was a, it's called a PS2 port, the old mice that had the round connector. It has little pins in it. Ugh. But they would screw it in and just flatten all those pins and it wouldn't work, of course. But um, those, are the, those are the most common of just, just stop and think about it. But... 
Well, they were they never given that toy as a child where like here the rectangular block goes in this <laughs> hole, the cylinder goes in the circle. Well, you would think, and you can label it all you want to, but uh, human nature is to you know my my gut intuition says it goes here, so it's going there, whether it works or not. But yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's something that makes me worry though, is that this tech has been built out. And I don't think even somebody like yourself, even the most brilliant minds working at MIT on the latest technology having to do with the Internet, I don't think anybody really understands this holistically, like the true ramifications of what the Internet is doing to our world. Well, very few of that. Yeah, well, everything is so interconnected now. You have what's the Internet of Things where everything's dialing out, everything's connecting in, everything is instantly available and uh, once that disappears for a day, your internet goes out, everybody panics. You you become useless. But um, I don't know how you combat that, really. Well, and it's almost changing the, not really the true nature of reality, but at least how we perceive it. Like, uh, there's a movie that came out a few years ago called Her. Have you seen Oh, her? with the, uh, well, basically falls Phoenix. in love with Siri. Yeah, no, but it's... it's Siri, but it's... But much more in depth. Scarlett Johansson proved, ladies and gentlemen, that especially you. gentlemen, well, some ladies with sapphic tendencies, that uh, she's hot without even having a body. Just as a disembodied voice, Scarlett <laughs> Johansson is a 10. I was like, if you're going to fall in love with a voice, that's, that's a good one. It was like, wow. At first, I'm like, this is a weird movie. But then I, I start going, wow, I feel for this guy. Where he, he, he's really lonely and he's awkward socially and he doesn't feel, he only feels at home when he's doing his work and essentially his job is to write love letters for other people. Other people, yes. Yeah, so like, oh, I want to get, you know, I want my girlfriend to fall for me. I want to really impress her. Or I want to tell her I want to marry her. Can you write me up a letter for this? And I imagine that gets a bit depressing when you don't have your own when you, thing well, that's, going on. Well, that's not too far off of what we're being shown today if you've seen Blade Runner I'm not going to give you mm-hmm. any spoilers but yeah. as a digital assistant that you know is a hologram yeah Star Wars you know holograms I mean granted they're a video of someone else but um, I mean overseas now you have all the the VR where you interact with a, an AI that it's not a real person and it's uh so well, I've been messing with bots on Tinder. I've told this story before, but <laughs> I did not think jumping on Tinder would be a glorified Turing test. It would and, be fun, yes. And it's uh, it's fun to mess with them now because to see how sophisticated some of them are. Some just immediately are a spam bot, and they send you a link to something. But some uh, draw you in. I'm impressed by them. They're like, built very well. Well, and a lot of um, uh, thought behind that is building AI and recording responses. So as people interact with these bots, how do they answer? How did I, you know, where did we go wrong in steering it so they knew it was a bot? So, well, there's something brought up on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast that made me worry because of my profession. Uh-oh. You know, I've been doing radio for six years now, and apparently they're developing technology that can go through. Hours and hours. I, because if you think I've been doing this five days a week for six years, really not taking a day off. And so there's all this audio of me talking. Of your voice, yes. And so this technology can take somebody's voice and listen to all that audio and essentially recreate you. 
and now it does, it's not as sophisticated as like it's reproducing your whatever your consciousness is, but it is taking. Oh, this is the these are the words Joey says. These are the things he tends to rely on. Well, I can build your vernacular and then kind of piece that together to be something that you would say, and even in your voice, right? And well, and then does a bot come out and like say something in my voice? But we know that wasn't me. <laughs> well, my, have you seen Black Mirrors? Have you watched the a the little bit of, of it? Yeah. Um, there's an episode, and I'll try not to give too much of it away, but um, the girl's uh, fiancé, husband, I'm not sure um, their relationship with the meeting, but he gets killed in a car accident. And there's this company that contacts her and says, well, we can just take all of social media and rebuild him, basically, and give you him back. Mm. And um, it's really creepy because he says things that her significant other would say, but it's it's not him you know it's it's really odd she's getting emails from him and text messages as though he's there but it it gets really out of control it's, it's scary i wouldn't want that i mean no. part of me's kind of fine with the idea of fusing with technology some ways like you know you wear a, a contact lens or you have you know artificial organs i'm sure will be a thing probably for you and i in our generation if we need them oh absolutely yeah they're already there with, you know, hearts, and they're working on livers, but we'll see. And that's what's so bizarre to me is, like, you know, Luke Skywalker getting his hand cut off, and he gets the animatronic hand, and that used to be pure sci-fi. Now it's... It's a reality. Reality. It's crazy. And then the... The, essentially the babble fish that Douglas Adams wrote about in the Hitchhikers <laughs> Out of the Galaxy, that's, it's not perfected. The, uh, Google and a few other companies are doing it, but yeah. essentially wear an earbud or you can just do it through your phone and somebody talks in a completely different language and, and it translates. translates immediately. Francis is so upset. I have I've not read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so oh, I know what the Babblefish is. I was it was explained to me later, but um, you I should read at least the first little volume because there's a I mean there's a lot of books, but. Uh, the first, just beginning, the book that started it all. The little volume? Yeah, it's really How many volumes good. are there in that? I'm not sure. because like I, a Harry Potter series? When I first Earth discovered or? it, my roommate Troy had like a big old hardback book. And then I found a paperback version. I'm like, this can't be the whole... It's like a tome? Yeah. Yeah, weighty tome. And Douglas Adams is so good. The absurdity... Like, it will. it's one of those books where you will start laughing out loud. And rare are books that uh, there's all sorts of writers that make me giggle to myself or inside. I'm like, oh, that's good. That's funny and ironic. But this book just, it's so absurd, but intelligently that it, it just made me roll over laughing. I love, love that book. Well, I'm, am I keeping you from your, uh, your duties? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, my beautiful wife is starting to work on dinner, but, um, We've been out of town, so of course she. The minute she got home, she plugged up the electric blanket, sat in bed with a cat, because we hadn't mm. seen the cat in a week now, and so yeah. she's she's making up for lost time, petting the cat and bringing her back treats and things from I, Cleveland. So. I need to get one of those electric blankets for the cold. It is well worth it. Um, I'm a little hot blooded. Francis is cold blooded, so literally we have a, a king size bed. So we have half of it has an electric blanket because if you go to Costco give them a plug mm-hmm. the blanket is made to kind of go across your leg so it's only about uh, four feet wide by six feet long okay so you could cover up with it yourself but it's not made to go over like a, a king size bed so she just her side boop 
and she can adjust that, and then I can sleep on my my Arctic winter side. That's uh, that, well, sleeping I like it cold, but if I'm using a blanket, I want something I can make a toga out of. Like I want a big, big blanket, <laughs> like a tent, but soft. Well, you just get one of those little mummy sleeping bags and zip it up. You just hop around. Yeah, be an inchworm. Well, and you know, sometimes I, like I was listening to a psychologist talk about. Uh, usually the the female mind's profile, and he's like, this isn't, I'm not trying to offend anybody, Uh but it's usually um, more agreeable, agreeableness, like they don't, most women don't want conflict, they'll, they might go behind your back, but in, (laughs) in your face, most women tend to be agreeable, and they have, because of that, and there's a lot of backstabbing, and Guys and girls bully in different ways. Very true. But because of that, there's a lot of negative emotions also, like anxiety problems and these sort of things going on. And I went, wait, that's a woman's mind? That's me! (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Don't admit to that, Joey. Crap! And I guess I'm one of those weird dudes. And sometimes I worry I have borderline personality disorder. Not like schizophrenia. I'm not like hearing voices or something. But it like I don't know. I, mean, I go to extremes. Like I love you, then I hate you. Maybe a bipolar esque kind of thing, a kind of Maybe. up and down. No, but it's not. It's not quite manic depression. Huh. It's more like. Well, that's good. It, it might be that I'm just completely normal and I want to be weird. Yeah, well, I mean, because everything it, you read today is going to tell you you're weird anyway. So true. It's yeah. almost become the new normal. Weird has. Yeah, well, to be normal, you have to have some type of abnormality. I mean, right. if you didn't, you'd be weird. Yeah. Well, the song of the day, and damn you, Andrew, not your brother, (laughs) my roommate, and I say damn you in the best way possible. He's been playing all this soul music. He's the one who's bringing all this stuff. Now, I love it myself. Well, that's excellent. What's the complaint about there? Well, I guess it gets stuck in your head, I know. It, It does, and this song has been getting stuck in my head. Johnny Taylor, Rome wasn't built in a day, and folks... Whether it's a relationship or, well, a radio show. This thing's only three months old. Give me a year and we'll really have a following. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Alongside me, Alan. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. I did this. Tell me how would Romeo feel if I 
Johnny Taylor, the philosopher of soul. This is when he was on uh, Sam Cooke's record label, which went defunct after Sam died. But uh, my favorite Johnny Taylor album probably has still is Eargasm. It is so good. After he jumped off Stax Records onto Columbia. And, and I, I love this stuff. It just puts me in a great mood. I love the scenery around him, too. We're watching the video. I know you can't see that in, if you're listening. Yeah. But he's got three backup dancers just, I mean, going to town. And next to him, it's the sign, but it's just four exclamation points. I don't I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, that funny. 60s, like, sensibility. <laughs> Though it's like, man, the, the sex revolution did happen in the 60s. Like, girls just shaking in bikinis and all sorts of stuff. Burning okay. bras. And, all right, I'm, I'm sure all that stuff, in fact, I know all that stuff was going on, like, during the Revolutionary Era period. Like, the docks in particular, like Boston. Like, some, the most degenerate folks. It's what people like John Adams worried about. <laughs> that you had, you know, like, transvestites and prostitutes, and you had racial mixing. God oh my forbid! God. <laughs> all these people from all over the world having fun together and getting drunk together? Wow, we can't have that. Nope. Uh, but it it is uh, it's amazing looking back how this new censorship comes back. Like people find new things that are offensive, and I am so upset with. I suppose our generation. Are you right outside of the millennial generation? I'm in it. I was okay. eighty five. So yeah, you're in it. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little up, I'm mad at them. Like, when did we become a bunch of prudes? Well, so easily offended. Yeah, well, that's the problem. So you have, it's not necessarily they're all prudes, but you're right. They want to express themselves, but they don't want to be offended. So they right. express themselves by trying to kind of crush everybody else's self-expression. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, and, you know, I'm regulated by the FCC's language rules. And I get it. You could have kids in the car. I try not to cross the line too much. That's true. But, you know, people have ideas. These are, I want to have real conversations with people on the air. And I'm sitting here thinking of this song. Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm thinking back. Where have I been thus far in three months? Three months? Like the folks I first had on, I was at first bringing on a lot of libertarians. So I had Jeffrey Tucker, Gary Chartier. One of my favorite interviews um, this past year on this show was Joe Quirk, the head of the Seasteading Institute. Ooh. He was great. And he's gone on to do big pieces with the New York Times and Drudge has featured what they're doing um, in the waters of French Polynesia. And now they're looking for residents to come and live on this first floating city. And they've got it where it moves with water. Like it's almost like flexible tiles and uh, modular units that can dock together. That would be amazing to see. It's remarkable what they're trying to do. And that's kind of the free business zone that they're trying to build it. Kind of like Hong Kong is in, yeah. in China. or Well, they, they broke down, and Joe did it beautifully on the show, of if you look at island nations that adopt pretty much free markets and commerce, uh, free trade, they become very quickly some of the most prosperous places in the world. Hong Kong, Singapore. You know, I look at places like Haiti and Puerto Rico and say, you know, almost Puerto Rico is almost hurt because of 
the, how much they're reliant on the U.S. government, in my mind. Yeah. That if you open up to the world and you're an island nation, it's for simple reasons. Easier and cheaper to ship across an ocean than it is to truck things over land. Yeah. Well, there's nothing in your way stopping you from that free trade. It's it's easy exchange, no cost of compliance, the red flags or tape. Or So that's the basic economic idea. You get more political autonomy, you get free trade, and... Um, they have some other ideas, and like they're going to try to harvest algae uh, in order. I mean, algae can be used in all sorts of food products. It's remarkable. And power consumption. I mean, uh, power production. Exactly. And trying to be completely renewable. Um, maybe that's the California in them. But uh, an island in the ocean. I mean, think you know, yeah. wind, solar, and hydro. I mean, really brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He was one of my favorite guests, Joe Quirk. And then. All these, by the way, folks, if you search on SoundCloud, can be found at the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And I'll know if you didn't. And it's not like I'm going to do anything, but I will be a little upset and disappointed. He's watching. Sort of I like Santa Claus in a less creepy way. Yeah. Well, actually, probably more creepy. More, yeah, fair yeah. enough. That's Santa's holly jolly. He's a big fat guy with a beard, and he eats cookies. I'm a man bun wearing, messy ponytail, <laughs> not clean shaven. That eats cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I do. I eat way too many Italian cookies. Yeah, I eat like 15 of those things. That's all we did They're for so Christmas good. holidays was eat. Oh. And the, I'm, I'm thinking back to, oh, I had a guy named Michael Cargill on the show. Michael Cargill? And I asked him, I don't want to characterize you in any way. So you... You present yourself to the audience, Michael, and he says, I believe I am the only black, gay, conservative gun store owner in the state of Texas. <laughs> and he had, he's just an incredible guy. You know, we were talking on the earlier shows about all the crime, and he teaches people self-defense classes, and it's because he had a very personal uh, issue where his mom, who was doing uh, university uh, later in life. She was at a bus stop and she was mugged and raped. Jeez. So it was like a very, you know, just personal level very where personal. he wanted to protect and it turned out his dad uh, had shot somebody who was breaking into their house in the middle of the night. So, I mean, that, you can't rely on the police. I mean, and honestly, I think the police will tell you it's not their job. It, the idea is serve and protect, but no, it's their job to solve the crime. And to make sure... You know, They're there post-happening normally. Exactly. They they can't be everywhere, and it is up to you to defend yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, well, they can't post an officer outside your house all day every day. I mean, it's... Right. Unfortunately, it, I mean... You probably wouldn't want that unless you build up like a little neighborhood association. Yeah, like a neighborhood watch. Yeah. And, well, and, oh, by the I way... I don't know, but even then, we're, I don't necessarily want all my neighbors knowing my business either. Yeah, no, true. Exactly. It's 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 you know you got to balance the profit loss of that. Uh, I don't know if I want folks. People already know everything about everybody in this town. Yeah, it's the capital city, but it seems like such a small town in many it is ways. A small, Montgomery is small. If you go to Birmingham, you realize very quickly Montgomery is yeah, very small. Montgomery is small. Oh, and I have to give a shout out to uh, all the comedians. That have come. Yes, on. you've had a couple at least that I've listened to. Trey Brown, uh, Jason Fifi, Fifi, mm-hmm. Kirk Keller. Oh, I can't forget Seth. How you doing, Mister Spotlow? He, and I hope to have these guys back. It's been a blast getting to know them because comedy has been my refuge. As I've fallen away, and I think you've noticed this, Alan. I've really fallen away from the daily political news. If it's really important, I'll cover it, and I still yeah. have my beliefs. But it just seems so boring. 
I'm sorry, pardon me. And it gets monotonous, really. You know, the fights and having to play the part. And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. It's, I guess it's important, but not really, because we're still talking about the same damn thing. Anyway, uh, the comedy scene has been my refuge because people are able to process, in many ways, awkward things in their lives or their weird neuroses or a tragedy, and they're able to make people laugh out of that. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, they can they can joke about personal happenings that also relate to other people. Then people come out of their shells a little bit. You know, oh, you had the same experience. Yeah. Oh, great. And it gives you a chance to laugh about it and kind of sometimes move past something that may have been. I don't know, traumatic. Well, I don't want to forget uh, DeAnne, DeAnthony Turner, who's a jock on jams, yes. and he's a comedian as well. That dude is... I, I said it to him, and it wasn't like me blowing smoke up his ass. It was, he, that guy is going to be a big deal. He already has it. Whatever that is, you can tell he's, he's got, got it. it. Um, very talented guy, very funny guy. Uh, and he knows how to rustle some feathers. Russell Jimmy's on the internet. I've been following some of his posts. Uh, a lot of fun. Who else has been on the show? Oh, big shout out to Simo. Simo. JD Simo. Um, yeah, they were fantastic. It's an up and coming band headed by JD Simo, who's like this virtuoso on guitar. And he was self taught, mostly played rock. I believe, I believe he himself saw it. And then he went to Nashville, and some guy saw him literally playing for money on the street, down and out again. And uh, instead of being like, no, man, I'm all right, he tells this guy, really, I'm out, I'm on, on my last leg. I don't know how long I can last in this city. The guy said, come and play this band. So he's taught himself a unique way to do chicken picking and just to fit in <laughs> with a Nashville house band. And now he has his own thing going. And this latest album is uh, remarkable. And Simo, that was so much fun. He was sitting That's right there story. at Basis. Had, and, and you've got folks like Joe Bonamassa and Kirk Hammett and all these types uh, coming on to say, this guy is the next big thing. I think he's going on a big tour here soon. Um, he's he's kind of that mid-level where he's he's starting to hit, hit it big. And that's a good type of fame. That's a happy ending, yeah. Yeah, and uh, went and saw him at the Blue Iguana. They were, and thank you again to Jeff Cummings for uh, bringing them into studio. Simo was just a blast to have on. And I have to, he's not in town, but you know him. And you know him is that he's a good Catholic. He knows his stuff. And I think it's because he had to learn it later in life. It, uh, <laughs> Twelve years of Catholic school made me a bit, again, it was like bitter, me yeah. being a puppet. And to like, oh, this is how I was raised, so I'll just go along with it and not make any waves, so I have all these questions. And, no, Baron Coleman, he came on, and I, I mean this sincerely. I was very nervous about just being honest about where I am. I consider myself an atheist, though I don't want to put down other religions, not even the faith I was raised in. I just, if I'm being honest, I think honesty is a virtue. I don't think of it as uh, in those terms. I don't think of the larger world, things we can't necessarily explain. I think there's a lot of wisdom there, and they're very important. But uh, Barron was on that show with me when I kind of revealed that, publicly at least. Anybody who knew me you know, personally already knew that. But the response, I have to say, has been remarkable. And I hope to keep having those conversations, whether get Tom Riello on the show again. There you go. He was on my Saturday show. Tom is excellent. He Oh, and I had a blast in his class, and um, he 
He's a great guy. He's a lot of he fun. Um, and I'd love to have on, you know, Father Driscoll and, and then reach out from the Catholic community. Have all different types of preachers on the show. But the response of me essentially saying on the airways I'm an atheist has been folks, well, I mean, some folks don't care. Fair enough. Uh, some folks are genuinely like, I want to help save you. And that's fine. Like, if I think if that's where you're coming from, it is your responsibility to be like, are you all right? And here's what made me, it made it click for me. Um, and then some folks, like one of the craziest calls was a guy said, I, I do it because I love my wife and kids. And she's a devout believer, but I wonder how many folks are in service with me, like me, who don't believe this stuff. But we're doing it because... You know, it's for the family, and it's, and it's like, man, that is a, it's maybe something that you can't always share publicly, but yeah, I mean, you need these sort of discussions, I think, in public because people have all these anxieties and and fears about talking about it, and instead of just keeping it in, have a talk with somebody. Yeah, well, and priests aren't aggressive, or they're not going to show no. up and and browbeat you into to coming to church but no ask him questions they're open father driscoll i mean he takes questions i think on baron show quite a bit oh yeah and i'll have to get my uncle on there you go Bill i'm gonna a monsignor he's a monsignor yeah. yeah there we go and uh, he's he's great and that's where i'm coming from in the sense that i look at what he does i think he had a chance like the archdiocese wanted him to be on track to like bishop cardinal go to rome that's a lot involved. of responsibility and he said no he always just wanted to be, and just wanted, but he wanted to be a local pastor mm-hmm. to help people through, you know, funerals and weddings and your kids growing up and just the everyday cycles of life yeah. that you, you know, they don't get hailed on high. They don't get movies made about them, but there are incredible things that people do for one another. And if you're there, there as a mentor and able to at least guide people a little bit, I see why he does it. And it's a Make beautiful a thing. Impact, yeah. it's, it is a, a beautiful thing. And uh, Baron and I have had some fun times on these airwaves as well. Uh, so a big thank you to him. He's good because he's a lawyer and he's Catholic. So that's, that's yeah, a tough one. That is a tough one. And I'm going to have to get on, uh, well... Let's not forget Emily Hayes. Of course. Old Lady Hayes is a treasure. And I hope you stay in the River Region, Emily. If not, we'll have to kidnap her and bring her back. Yeah. How's going to have to happen? Just, she described Ben Hagler, Hagler as gregarious. Emily Hayes is yeah. gregarious. <laughs> uh, Emily Hayes is, is an amazing person. Um, and folks who here on these airwaves probably already guessed that, but... Uh, she is even better in person. Great, <laughs> great woman. Um, now, who else has been on the show? I'm leaving a lot of people out. But it's well, three months. I mean, that's a lot of interviews. That is a lot of interviews. Three and, months. I can't believe it's been three months. I know. It's, it has been... Um, well, at first it was like, can I do that schedule? How am I going to well, have something to I talk was, about? I was worried about you at first because that's a long radio day. That's it is. three hours with Dan, three hours with Greg, and then an, um, another hour by yourself. Well, I say by yourself, but you're you're in charge for this hour, sir. Well, and I do some by myself. Yeah. Um, and oh, and I don't want to reveal it yet, but I've got a guy who will be joining the team. Oh, kind of joining the team. A sidekick, a new Batman, well, and Robin, kind of. Be or? coming in a few times a month, and we're going to be talking. Because this is such a big hit. True crime stories. Oh, my God. He has a lot of experience, let's say, in that field. Francis, did you hear this? 
Every podcast you listen to is true. And he is awesome. He gave me a book by Leo Tolstoy after hearing that atheist show. And it was a book called A Confession. A great book. Um, I, Tolstoy's a little bleak. Yeah. When I can Dark. You know, give him a pass for that because of, you know, where he grew up. Russia in the late 1800s, early 1900s. His background is a little rough. Yeah, that's a rough place to be. Uh, but... There are so many fantastic points made in that book. So this gentleman coming and joining the show in a way, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm not going to reveal his identity yet. But oh, uh, that'll be great fun! I'll be coming up in the new year talking about you know true crime and some of the things. You know, you'd like to think everybody's a good person and has a you know our Catholic upbringing might describe it as a properly formed conscience. Yeah, but uh, no, no, definitely uh, not. Not really. There are folks that sometimes get in certain situations. Where they they haven't had that chat with themselves. There's a comedian, Burt Kreischer. He said, you know, people think, oh, I'm just always going to be a good person. But there was this one morning where I'm in bed with my wife and my two kids. And it was just such a perfect moment. When they went to the kitchen to get breakfast ready, I kind of had a little chat with myself saying, Burt, never, ever, ever, ever screw this up. Like, if you're a comedian, you're touring, you have a little bit of fame. If some woman comes up to you and she's hot and attractive, just have it already in your head. You're never, ever going to do anything to screw up this beautiful family. Remember this moment right here. But he said he never had that conversation with himself in his 20s when he robbed a uh, train car with some Russian mobsters. He never (laughs) said, never rob a train car with Russian mobsters. So, you know, people get put in situations and some of the things they try to pull, you have to deal with... Uh, evil in this world, and it's it's a real thing. People can hoodwink you. They can well, and people don't necessarily have to be bad all the time to all of a sudden have a horrible mm-hmm. decision that leads to another horrible decision. Exactly. It's uh, once again uh, situations. I mean, sometimes a split decision can change a lot. Oh yeah, and it, it does amaze me that you know we got to know each other because your wife. Your girlfriend at the time, yes, randomly stops by one day, yep, and says, "Come to dinner with me and my boyfriend." And it's been, you know, we sometimes go a little while because again our schedules, but it's it's been great. You've been, you two have been there since the beginning. I've started here, and it's yeah, been a great well, friendship. Th- well, thank you. Yes, we're we're always happy to see you, Joey. I'm happy to see y'all, and. Uh, Maybe I'll try to... Get, I know she, Jane, has been trying to get you to do yoga. Oh, yes. I, uh, I did a workout this morning that kicked my butt, man. I, it's it's grueling. She does it with such ease, but then again, she's very flexible. I'm six one with goofy knees and bad ankles, so I, yeah. I tend to not do so well in the but yoga department. I do DDP yoga, and DDP is like six... He's tall he's, and lanky, yeah. Yeah, and he does it pretty well, uh, so... You know, maybe I'll, I'll practice, shoot you practice, the app. Practice. I'll shoot you the app. You can do your own and surprise her one day. You're like, hey, I can do this. I'll get some of those neon like '90s trapper keeper yoga pants. And <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't, I don't have yoga pants. I, I'm not a. I don't think that's a good look for me. Yeah, me neither. Definitely not. And there are already enough questions around me. I don't need to be wearing <laughs> tight pants like that. Anyway, that's the hour. Jeez, already. That was by fast. Just I don't want to go, Joey. Let's take over the next hour. Yeah, well, nah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to go home. I'm a little tired tonight, but thank you for listening, folks. It's been the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Have a good evening. Johnny Taylor, ladies and gentlemen.